Remedial Film Class podcast as we continue our off-season fall break, digging deeply into the Friday the 13th lore, making George understand why I keep buying all these stupid mugs and t-shirts and games and coasters and DVDs and Blu-rays and... uh, Underwear. (laughs) I told you not to share those pictures. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Hey, the hockey mask briefs are pretty sweet. It's got to be on the front, can't be on the back. (laughs) Might want it on the back, actually, now that I consider it. And on Wednesdays, you wear the one with the blue triangles. Shh. My bad. Shh. Is that a spoiler? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm Dan, the host of the show, and I'm, of course, here with... Travis. And I'm George. (laughs) <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, George? Bourbon. Nice. That might explain it. I've got my ginger lemon tea again. No caffeine. Don't want to get too wired. I had some uh, caffeine-free uh, ginger lemon tea uh, the other night, and uh, it was terrible. <laughs> it's good for the throat and the soul. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> Only if you swallow it. It burned. I don't like ginger. I like Marianne. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Damn, that was too easy. Such a dad joke. I suck. Are we going to talk about this movie? (laughs) What movie? What movie did we watch? Friday the 13th, part three. Oh, do we have to? No, (laughs) we can just skip that part if you like. (laughs) No, it's good. Let's go right to part four. Yes. Actually, my standard order when uh, introducing people to this series is one, two, four. So, I, can, I can see why. Yeah. We'll talk about it in detail. Actually, there's a lot to love about this movie, I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, for all for as bad as it was, there were a few things. I'm guilty of I nostalgia. Thought. With this movie. Yes, you That's are. That's right. Yes, you I are. This movie is not good. guilty. It's my first Friday. For the first time is on our show, though, I think we're going to have uh, me, Dan, we're going to have me piling on to Travis along with George. <laughs> so, a new dynamic I, for the show. I'm not good at defending why I feel the way I feel, so we'll see. Well, then it'll just be a, a dog pile. Then. So, it'll feel a lot like the two movies so. Dan picked. Bend over. Robocop Ooh. and what was the other one? Robocop and what was the other one he hated? Blues Brothers? I don't know. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, so that I'll be playing the part of Dan this evening. But I, I'm not as educated, <laughs> so I can't really defend it. It's, it's a Jalo film. <laughs> I'd love to agree, but I don't know what this one is. But I see what you're saying. Anyway, we should probably, had, yeah. we should probably before we spoil the episode by saying how much we hate this movie, George. Yeah. You watched the movie tonight for the first time. Yeah, and the power went out in the middle. <laughs> oh. And that was the best part of the we movie. Had, we had him. a power outage right in the middle, and uh, that was the scariest part. Is that why you sent me that dancing happily gif when the power went out? Because <laughs> yeah. you thought you were out from under the uh, the burden. <laughs> no. No, it's I just knew it was, it's I knew actually it was back on. It's just those three D effects are so good that when the power goes out at Higginshaven, your power goes out in real life. 
Is that how it works? Yeah, that's. I mean, that that's a feature. I had to pay the power company a lot to pull your power, but they well, did it. Hey, so it worked, man. It worked. Thanks, local utility provider. You did great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get out of the way everything we hated, and then we'll talk about what we liked. <laughs> Travis, I'm gonna say defend the acting in this movie. Uh, this, it's not defendable. <laughs> okay, so then we all hate it then. I don't love it for the acting, obviously. <laughs> it was my first Jason movie that I actually watched. Like, I sat down, I chose, I went to the video store, I chose it. How old were you? I don't know, like 13, 12, 13. And it just, it made me go watch the other two. And then I the continued. First yeah, the first two, and then I continued. So it kind of has that spot in my heart that yeah, it's I guess maybe the way Clerks is for Dan. It just <laughs> maybe it just has <laughs> that it has enough in it that I love. I love the fact that that's the first time you see him in the mask. It's the first uh, the the Jason himself kind of. I, I think in four he looks more monstrous in the face, but just the way he walks and everything he does, I enjoy that. It kind of became the iconic way Jason, in my mind, always walked and acted. Mm-hmm. The, the visuals, everything, I, I love the whole barn thing. I love the fact that he's not indestructible per se. Like, he's still bleeding. He's kind of dying. He's blacking out. He's not the undead. He's not a you know unstoppable Terminator. Like, there's still all that aspect to him. There's mortality. There, yeah, well... Supposedly. It just makes it more realistic when people fight back when he actually reacts. And you'll see there's a few more that that happens and then that goes out the window. What? Uh, what fighting back and Yeah, like winning? him being affected by the people he's attacking. Gotcha. The 3D crap, I never liked. I didn't watch it in 3D. I have to no, you, you, confess. But you can see what was supposed to be 3D because it was all... It was just gags, yeah. gags set up to where you, yeah, where you normally wouldn't put the camera, but the camera's here because we yeah, want to like do a gag. Yeah, like the guy's eye popping out of his head, yeah. and the then the snake popping in. You know, don't get that three D laundry. <laughs> and that, yeah, the laundry pole right at the beginning, first thing in the movie, yeah, is that guy jamming thing. the pole in your face, uh, like, hey, look well, at my pole. Like I said, and the yo yo. Like, like I it was said, just bad. it was. I watched it in 2D, so yeah, I didn't have any 3D. Which makes everything stick out even more where they were trying to get you to, like with the yo-yo and the. The effects were so bad in this movie; they were they were laughably bad. Like, yeah, when the snake jumps forward, you can see like the string, string, right? And when the guy's eye pops out of his head, you You can can see see with the. uh, the harpoon as well. I didn't notice that, but when it come when he's holding the harpoon, the shooter, it's almost like he's putting it right in the spot where he needs to put it, and then there's like a a pulley system that pulls the harpoon towards the camera. Like it's just it's so eighties three D. There's there was like four or five movies that came out. Yeah. That were mainstream that had that. Yeah. And they were all terrible. And they were all just the the gimmick was it was dead before it started and i wish they had never done it so how about the uh how about the hammock kill how it happened exactly it the callback. same yeah yeah uh, but not nearly as good 
Well, because it was not his mother that did it. Well, I mean, come she's on. a surgeon. He's not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> now, George, let's recall an earlier conversation that you and I had. I mentioned yes. that part one and part two were negative pickups, meaning there was no studio interaction until the film was actually finished. Yep. And I mentioned that part three was the first one with studio involvement. And you said, don't tell me anything. I want to pick it out when I watch the movie. Okay. You just nailed one of the great, like, oh, God, the studio's helping now moments. Mm. Where it's like, hey, every good scary movie has to have Mm -hmm. a shower scene like Psycho, so get me a shower scene. Yep. Hey, I liked it in Halloween when that girl said, go get me up beer so let's do mm-hmm. that but let's mix it with the shower scene and make it even more friday the third halloween teens <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot, a lot of suits involved in this movie but then i did like that they show the fangoria article about yes. tom savini right before they do a terrible imitation of a tom savini kill mm-hmm. that's kind of funny is that what that was yeah she's reading fangoria which nice. and the first page is like tom savini and then she turns the page real quick and the blood drips on it. Yeah. The guts, though, the guts are pretty cool. When the guy's up above her and the blood's dripping down. Yeah. I, and I think the kill on her boyfriend was pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. The, the impact and the sound of multiple body parts hitting the yeah. ground is really gross. Now, so That gross. was one of my notes where I was, I'd was i mentioned uh, how brutal Jason himself is. Like, yeah, the movie's kind of hokey and there's a lot of things that you just roll your eyes at. But the kills are up there with not not the harpoon like the where he's basically physically doing a kill it was up there with that that movie that we watched last week with the the guy with the hood oh he yeah. just had a brutality tone like this his movement was very frantic and, and like almost like he could rip your it was the extra movie it was the uh white yeah, people the, are afraid of the evening sundown the, town, was a sundown. the dreaded sundown, dreaded sundown right <laughs> town the dreaded sundown what did i call it Something. Why people are afraid of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel. The same thing, That's whatever. The sequel. Um, um, yeah, so, yeah, I so hear you those ki- that. that kill with the boyfriend was, yeah, that, I was cool with that. Yeah, obviously there's, you can't call it an homage because, but that's, I think, it, like you said, it's the, it's the suits giving homages to things we already know. Okay. I don't even think the filmmakers had any say in that. In that stuff at all. But is it homage when you're literally just playing bingo? You like know, the check check the box. It's yeah. one thing yeah. when you, as a viewer, like he he he, I get it. I'm gonna play bingo with five movies, and they're all gonna have the same five ten things. And I'm gonna get a bingo, and then I get candy. Yay! It's right. very straight. You can just eat candy. You don't have to play is that what it, movie bingo. When you get a bingo. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. If you don't get candy, why do you play? I don't know. Yeah. Jeez. George, jeez. So if you want to watch a movie that will make this look like uh, uh, The Godfather. Oscar award winner. Yeah, watch like Jaws 3D (laughs) or Uh, Piranha 3D. Oh, can I? I'm going to watch Jaws 3D. uh, You can watch any movie you want, George. It's a free country. Those are bad. This is awesome compared to those. Yeah. Travis is right. Jaws 3D is terrible. This is the best 3D movie from that 80s rekindling of 3d excitement after it ended in the 50s so yeah if you gotta watch an 80s 3d movie at least at least this one has fox and ali 
and a bunch of other characters, most of whom I don't like as much. Mm. One thing I love about the movie, though, we haven't said enough about We should start with what we love. <laughs> well, I thought the what we hate would have been shorter. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We'll yeah, be no, here no, a while. No, I'm no yeah. but the theme song, George. Were you dancing, George? What was the he was singing doom, it when I came doom, in the house. Doom, 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 doom. Wow. Wow, Just wow, wow, wow. That's not what I was singing. No, he was bow, doing the other one. Why they're doing a disco theme in a movie that comes out in 1982 is beyond me. But it's a rockin' disco, too. I mean, if you're going to mm. go disco, make it something I want to listen to all the time. And this one, this one's pretty good. I bought the soundtrack, and I drove around Haddonfield. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right past the Crystal Lake Diner. Yeah, re- just through the uh, just through the public parks after 11 yep. p.m. Real slow. <laughs> right past the barn. Yeah, it's like porn music. Now, Tenebrae, I bring up all the time because it's my favorite Jalo, came out a few months later, and it also had a disco-infused theme. So hmm. something was in the water in 1982. Maybe they stole that. I think all Jalos have a yeah. disco-infused theme. Well, Dude. all the guys have porno mustache, so it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> every every Jalo I've seen, like all three... Have disco themes. Those were jazz rock. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's good stuff, though. Um, It's a good thing you're on fall break. Fall break, yes. Me slapping my hand, saying, "Mm, (laughs) if this was main semester, I'd have to call your parents. So I have a a few fun facts, but this would be my first fun fact for you, George. Great. uh, Let's hear it. There was a little movie that came out in 82. Mm-hmm. which was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. It was a little art house film called E.T. You've heard of it? Okay, you've heard of it. Well, it was like nine weeks, eight or nine weeks as number one. Mm-hmm. This movie unseated E.T. at the number one spot. For real? <laughs> For real. <laughs> no, all the movies that came out that year did not do it. This movie changed the world. And took E.T. to number two. Just saying. Just putting it out there. I mean, how long had E.T. been out for? Uh, it came out in July. It had to have been out for like eight months or like almost no. a year. No, because this came out in August. And like the middle of August. And then E.T. came out in the you know what beginning it was? of July. There was no Rotten Tomatoes back then. This is true. So nobody knew. But then again, back then, this movie was not as bad. It was not. I don't know, if, man. Uh, 82 was not pumping out <laughs> <laughs> the big, although, uh, like I said to Dan, John Car- Carpenter's The Thing came out that summer, and uh, a few other like bigger movies came out that summer, but did not unseat E.T. To be fair, though, The Thing is a remake, and why doesn't Hollywood ever do anything original? They just keep remaking the same properties. Hmm. Are you talking about The Thing? Yeah, man. I mean, it's a remake. That's- Shoot. Yeah, but it's a totally different but movie. But I mean, couldn't they just make an original thing in Hollywood for once? Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. I love the thing, but I understand that I hear I all the time. I the original. People yeah. all the time are like, remakes are stupid. I, I, I want new <laughs> stuff. It's like, it's, what? 
I'm good with remakes. You if, want good if stuff. They you add don't need to it new or, stuff. Right. Like the remake of King Kong is good. Like the remake of Psycho. The remake of Psycho is terrible. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that uh, that's abysmal. It is. It's pretty terrible. So we'll watch it I, next week with George. Is that? <laughs> What's funny is it kind of plays into what we talked about earlier. I know it's not the movie we're doing, but it's basically a frame-by-frame remake like of the original, but the original's amazing, and the remake is terrible. So... How does that happen? How does that work? I yeah. don't know. It's crazy. It's inspiration, man. If you don't mm-hmm. have it, it shows. This is true. Who was that? Gus Van Sant? Yeah. 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 Yeah, he didn't have it. No. <laughs> he tried. I mean, he gave it a go. He did try. He, gave he had me up try. until the part Norman Bates' Mr. Batesing uh, audibly. That was enough for me to be like, mm, I don't like it. <laughs> don't need it. We get it. Or you like that. <laughs> yeah, not good. So just to give George an idea, because I know that he is new to the genre, I just want to give you an idea of what we were looking at by 1982. Hmm. I'm going to go to a website here. I'm going to get you a list. In 1982, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Something like 40 slasher movies released in the American market. Four, mm. 40 slasher That's movies. a lot. That four is a lot. T- 40 slasher movies. And we're not going to make you watch them all. No. 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 But I might make you watch Blood Beat. That's a, a real head scratcher. Might make you watch <laughs> Double Exposure. Just in case you want your slasher movie to get a discount at Hardee's for um, being so flippin' old. How about the wow. New York Ripper? We might watch that one someday if we really want to corrupt poor George. Ooh, and the Slumber Party Massacre. Don't worry. We're definitely watching that at some point. Not Redneck Zombies? I don't think that came out in 1982. Yeah. So you're saying 40 in that one year? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Halloween comes out in a year where there's, you know, less than 10 slashery type movies not that many in 79 but then 80 it's just like so many 81 even more 82 even more i mean you just you know one makes money they all want to make money yeah so really out of the crowd this is still a standout you know the there's a lot worse than friday the 13th part three Mm -hmm. but coming off of part two with that momentum, it's just kind of a uh, letdown, a little bit. Yeah, you could see, like you said, it, it, you can tell it was, it, it's a studio push. Well, and what the studio manages to do is basically take what worked from Halloween, Friday one, and Friday two to some extent, and then just create like the master template, mm. so that going forward, you're now kind of your expectations are lowered because you've seen part three and you realize that, oh, okay, we're just doing this and this and then this. And because of those lowered expectations, now anytime they add, you're like, ooh, a bonus, when really you should have expected that to begin with. Mm -hmm. But I did notice that. It's kind of like they uh, checked off every box, 
but they did add the mask. I, I'm assuming based on the stuff I know, it was a director's decision, was not in the script, was not a studio decision. So to me, that's that's the saving grace of this movie is the addition of the iconic branding that they didn't realize at the time was going to be iconic, but it at least was an attempt. Yeah, so I agree. It was both predictable as hell and the mask and the way the mask was introduced and all of that became iconic somehow yes. for some reason. Not for the some not itself. for some reason, but because it's fucking cool. Right. But the the movie itself was like You knew everything was yeah, going. It was the, well, yeah, it was the exact same movie yeah. that I just watched last week. Like almost exactly. Although the difference is and this this is what Dan's talking about, they instead of Number two, they didn't really check off boxes. They were trying to add a little lore to the character with the even like yeah with the um, sure. the main girl, the the surviving girl. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of depth to her. She was a you know she worked with uh, children, like child psychiatry, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was a yeah. lot of meat there that they could have traveled into a bunch of movies. And I think with this movie, yeah, and with number two, there was also the fact that we're we're still not sure this is really Jason, right? Still, right. And on top of that, it's really the first movie where it's the first Jason movie, right. technically, right? Because the first one was a Mrs. Voorhees movie, yeah, the uh, so. M Night Shyamalan twist. But there, that was that was kind <laughs> of the movie that that made the template, right? And then number three just followed that template mm-hmm. almost verbatim and added a really cool fucking mask yes yeah and to me that that's and killed jason spoiler alert i mean at the end awesome he is laying there he's not in the lake he's not like michael myers where he's just a a dent in the ground and we're like oh where is he oh he's everywhere like he's dead and And that mask never loses that in that hatchet's in there for yeah yeah, that that stays or that that chip. Well, I'm not going to give it away, but yeah, that there's there's that's definitely becomes more iconic. I mean, yeah. that's the Jason I know with the hockey mask with a big dent in the right. top. Right. Yeah. And to me, that's it's a lot of the crap is forgivable because of some of the stuff they gave us. Like I I I'm angry about the whole studio getting involved, and I've seen enough documentaries and stuff to find out how detrimental that is to a movie when they start when the suits start getting involved in meddling Mm -hmm. but because the mask was the idea of the director and it was kind of an afterthought i have to give them a little bit of credit as it became such a big thing and it could have been any mask okay i don't give credit i don't give the credit because the the movie can objectively be bad which is what this was it was terrible Mm -hmm. but also that one thing the mask blooms into actually really the whole character, the mask and the way he acted Jason the way he moves and yeah, exactly the way he moves. All of that became iconic. It's just, how did that, how did that come out of such a bad movie? I'll, I'll never understand the movie's bad. You'll see because it kind of three goes right into four and there's enough awesome in four that you, you start I can't forgiving wait to, three. <laughs> I can't wait to see four because, Dan, isn't four Is that right, your Dan? favorite? Two and four are tied for first. I, I go yeah, back okay. and forth. Depending on the season, two or four are my favorite. 
right now too is because I just watched it again, but I'm sure next week I'll be right back onto my uh, imaginary computer of glory and loving part four again. Mm. I think so far I like won the best. Okay. Yeah. So now that you're allowed to do and that. I would probably put number two. Again, guilty pleasure. I love three, but I understand why people don't. And I'm not the only one. <laughs> okay, there's a lot. Right. There's a lot of Friday Thirteenth fans that will put three up there for its iconic introduction of things. Well, and here's yeah. the thing: when we get to part eight, you are both going to be <laughs> going to love three. You, you two are going to be together, and you're going to be like, "This movie's not any good," and I'm going to be like, "Well, it's my first Jason, so I love it the most." <laughs> <laughs> so you and Travis are just oh going to switch God, seats. It's so yes. sad that that's and your we're going to do the season. same podcast. Listen, can we all hug hug after eight <laughs> and ten? <laughs> we might need to fly in out to you. As so long we can, as COVID's over, we yeah, can do we'll it. have to hug after ten. <laughs> ten is terrible. Ten, oh, te- it has its moments. Terrible. I know. Yeah, iconic moments. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them I, borrowed from previous movies, but whatever. Wh- What's very interesting, George, is is we know we're putting you through this. We're putting you through crap. Yeah, but there's a reason. Because okay, yeah, yeah, you're, you're sure. not you're not allowed to watch movies like Scream until you have this shit in your cash. Gotcha. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. So you might be watching this movie going, "This is the worst movie I've ever seen," and it makes RoboCop look like The Godfather. But I just can't. I can't even, and I'm I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. But there's a purpose. There's a reason. Oh, I'm nowhere close to. I'm you not doing to, this. You anymore. have to wax on and wax off. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> we are teaching you to sand the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, I expected this movie today to be kind of a beneficiary of low expectations. Uh, this is one that for me tends to go back and forth. The last time I watched it, if I loved it, then the second time revisiting with high expectations, I'm always disappointed. Mm. I'm happy to report that this time I came in with very low expectations, and I still, still didn't enjoy I, it. I think I hated it even more this time. <laughs> I made notes. It just I remember as a kid, I had this one taped off TV, and I, I'd watch it pretty regularly. And I remember the creepy beginning being pretty good. You know the mm-hmm. the gross guy and the gross store eating the gross food with the mean wife that's played mm-hmm. by somebody ten years younger than the character. But we can forgive that, I guess. And then he poops and stuff. Like, why is he pooping? Because <laughs> you gotta have the outhouse. Do you? I don't think I don't it. Know. So there were there was a lot of pooping in this movie. <laughs> I was not a fan. The whole movie poops. Well, I mean, I guess it's on. It's all to a theme. Yeah. So I, I made notes today because with the cast introduction of the main crew. Now I I have timestamps on these notes for a reason. 16 minutes and 30 seconds into the movie, you meet the majority of the crew. 34 seconds later, the main character lady implies that she was like sexually assaulted or raped or something at this place they're going, and she's going back for some reason. Yeah. Less than 20 seconds later, Shelley says, I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Right? Like... That's redundant, isn't it? We're a, we're two <laughs> minutes into a movie. We're one minute into a movie, essentially. Like the the movie has now begun in earnest. We're one minute in, and I now hate everyone I've met. Hmm. A minute in, and then well, less than follows. The Texas Chainsaw was the same way. You kind of none yeah. of those people were likable. Yeah, you, but you I really didn't. didn't. It it took me more than a minute to realize that I didn't okay. want to hang out with these guys. 
And then you've right. got that line about how she flunked Spanish. It's like, man, the one lady who hadn't said anything dumb yet, she's out. Right? <laughs> 20 seconds later, hey, the van's on fire. But no, it's not because actually there's old stoners in their van too. Like how old are mm-hmm. they? When I was a kid, those stoners, I thought they were like the parents of one of the kids. <laughs> like as a young kid, they looked so old. And I now, can see that. Yeah. Now that I'm you know 35 they seem <laughs> less old maybe than they did when i was like 14 but well since i'm 45 uh i kind of from that time i remember the cheech and chong movies right oh he's totally uh, just and he's totally tommy chong some I mean, studio totally guy was it. just like hey what if we got a <laughs> chong in here man that'd be yeah. pretty cool what do you think that'd be good hey man there's no Dave here, man. Yeah. <laughs> At least he didn't do the accent. Oh, my God. But then hilarious. you've got the character Vera, who her mom is not from here. You tend to understand that she's like a first generation. And it's just, I don't know. It's so gross. Progressive. And, Isn't it progressive? Is it? it it's studio Very progressive. That studio notes <laughs> progressive is what it right. is. It's like brow, like... That actress whose name is Catherine Parks. I, yeah, she's very she's, Hispanic. She has she has dark hair. <laughs> I mean, I'll give her that. But I mean, well, I guess she didn't like. <laughs> at least she didn't say like one Spanish word and throw the accent in. I hate when that happens. <laughs> the one, yeah, yeah the like, one word, the one Spanish yeah. word with the accent. Yeah, there's a college humor mm-hmm. video about over pronunciation. Yeah, over <laughs> over pronunciation. I think it's called. Right. Anyways, homework. Watch that. Hilarious. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's so sh- uh, my problem with uh, any of the Jalos, right? Because I just don't know where the line is between Fabio Testi and mm-hmm. Fabio Testi. Yeah. Right? Like, where do I land? I don't know where to be. Fabio Testi? Is that where I go? Because it's like, I don't have to go, I don't have to reach in any direction. I guess that's probably the safest bet. That's the safest bet, definitely. Claudio Casanelli. Claudio, you got that Claudio. You know, he got them Casanellis. <laughs> Don't get in a helicopter with him, though. That ain't fun. Heli- How would someone from Arkansas Watch say your that? fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got your New York Ripper. You know, he's about <laughs> that Lucio Fulky. You got that Lucio Fulky <laughs> out there making them movies about them movies. New York Rippers. <laughs> ain't, ain't no Fayetteville Ripper, I'll tell you that much. We'd have him with a shotgun posse in about two seconds. <laughs> Shotgun posse. Ain't nobody gonna be ripping up in Bentonville. (laughs) Bentonville got too much money, too much class. (laughs) Uh, Well, holy shit, (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) So why why then does our 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 incel Mm. in a scuba suit, uh, Shelley? Why is he preaching to the stoners about the merits of living without dope? Like I know he's the square, but does he have to like preach in the back of the van? Like oh, all so of this square. is just—they're trying to fit so much characterization in, just with like a, a hammer and chisel instead of mm-hmm. anything from part two, where it's just kind of folded into regular conversation. Mm-hmm. But you we know, never, we never found out why his box is so important. It's his whole world. What's in the box? In that little thing? That's my favorite is she calls it a little thing. Like that actress. Yeah. I like the, the Vera, Catherine Park. I like her a lot. Yeah. She's funny. She puts up with a lot. Yeah. <sighs> Including the terrible uh, bikers in the convenience store. But at least she's not 
pregnant? Maybe. <laughs> Never to be mentioned again. Although, right. let's go back to the bikers. Um, the way he reacted, what the heck is his name? The square kid? Shelly. Shelly. The way he reacted when the two guys picked him up, he was like, can I just buy you guys a beer or something? <laughs> That's something that I would say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they got him up in a double wedgie. Like, whoa, dude. Can I, can I buy wallet? you guys a beer or something? Like, seriously? With a <laughs> like, Velcro wallet? <laughs> How old are you? 17? To, are you six? I mean, I don't know. So, George, it's been, what, yeah. an hour and a half since you watched the movie? Something like that? So it's you're pretty fresh. One week since... Yeah. yeah something yeah. like that. So I just want to... those All those things that I just talked about, from the initial meeting of that crew until the little box is my whole world. That's three mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. Three minutes of the movie just did the work of <laughs> probably 25 minutes of a real movie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's character development. Is it? Kevin Smith style. Dude. Definitely. Dude. I'm joking. joking. I do <laughs> like Kevin the... Smith. Kevin Smith does the actual opposite. He'll spend seven hours telling you a story about somebody. Definitely. So we don't have Crazy Ralph anymore. Mm-mm. But now That's we have the the pun making soothsayer doom guy. Did you catch his horrible pun? No, it's the Something only about... pun I've ever seen in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding the eyeball right, and yeah. he looks at it and he goes, "I have warned thee," <laughs> and he holds it into the camera. <laughs> Round of applause for the Doomsayer. Oh, my God. The only thing that would have made that better if, if it was Morgan Freeman <laughs> playing that character. Oh, my goodness. In uh, my remake, uh, I, I will consider Sam- casting him. Samuel, Samuel oh L. Jackson you see him good. Um, what does he say? I have, what does he say? What's his name? What's the, I what's have the crazy warned guy say? the. I have warned the. Yeah, that'd like, I could see Morgan Freeman doing that, definitely. Like Shawshank. Style definitely, but he we had not warned them, is what the narrator would have he to had say. Not them. <laughs> he followed the penguins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be good shit. Shelley is pretty good character. I mean, he gets uh, all time <clears throat> character credit for being the introdu- uh, introductory agent of the hockey mask. So, yes, well, I hate him as much as I hated uh, the guy from Texas Chainsaw. The wheelchair uh, the, kid. Oh, what was his name? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, but I just wanted to. I wanted him to die the whole movie, and <laughs> I felt the same the same way about Shelley. Like I had, I wouldn't say friends like Shelley, but there were there were people around the us in middle school that was like that. If you hang out in a theater school. department, you've got two of those with yes. you at all times. Yeah, I I met a few <laughs> through two. through theater. I met a few. <laughs> But it's like you feel for them that their hearts in the right place, and I think he played that well, where he just wanted to belong, he just wanted to be part of the cool kids what Aww. they were doing, you know. And it's like you feel bad; he's an asshole. It's better than being nothing. <laughs> Shelly just wants to have attention. That I don't know why they keep him around. Is he related to one of them? He's the roommate of Hands guy, the guy that walks on okay. his hands. Okay, so he's like the fat friend. Uh, of a good-looking person. He's like, the wingman. He must get beer. I, I don't know. I don't get it. It, it. He doesn't fit in with that group, but I thought he was maybe related to somebody, and that's why he was there. 
But yeah, well, if you just... paid attention to the four seconds that they developed the, his relationship <laughs> to the rest of the group, that guy puts his arm around him and goes, you're my roommate, so I like you, but stop being such an idiot. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, I... Like, oh. That doesn't make sense. He he should have been the guy with who ha- he was the only one in the group that had a van. He was the only guy that they knew that had a vehicle. That's what should have been established because he does not fit in at all with that yeah. group. Not personality wise, not looks wise. A lot of them don't anyway. fit in with that group though. If if he's in the van, if he's in the band, he owns the PA. Right. He's the guy carrying the shit from the van to the to the venue. Like, yeah. So absolutely. How does this group know each other? I don't know. Yeah. How can you have two middle-aged stoners? I'm going to I'm going to assume they're still middle-aged. <laughs> with a a girl with like a weird traumatic history and a boyfriend she sees occasionally but it's not established how often or <sighs> I have a lot of trouble with that Rick character. I used to work in a yeah. warehouse and I'm pretty sure I could get a van like that together. Yeah. I'm sure. For sure. Absolutely. We so should maybe, do it. maybe they all knew each other from work. I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. You know, they they could have thrown in twenty five seconds at the beginning to be like, Hey guys, aren't you excited we're finally getting together after the reason we all know each other? You don't need twenty five seconds for that. You need about four. Why didn't I get my four seconds? <laughs> I need just anything. Just give me any reason why the way the way these this people movie know each other characters. The way this movie develops characters, they could have done it in two. Well, I can see it being that. Like when I worked at the movie theater, we had a lot of people that came from different walks of life, but we all hung out. Sure. So I can totally like we would get in a car, a couple cars, and go canoeing. Like a bunch of people would never hang out. We went canoeing and drinking, whatever. So we knew each other through our job, but we wouldn't. You wouldn't put us together. So I'm assuming maybe that's what it is. So maybe working together or. I don't know, college friends? Not that it matters, because they're all dead pretty quick. They're all red shirts. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, they tried to give Chris's character the depth that they gave uh, Amy Steele's character. Rick certainly was trying to give her the depth, if you know what I mean. (laughs) No, really, though, his introduction, just like jumping (laughs) on her and kissing her and grabbing her and stuff, it's like, they haven't seen each other for months, and I don't think they're officially dating. Like that's straight up like predator behavior. Yeah, and based on the story she tells a little bit later, like don't you think she would be a little uh, not want to be felt up by being attacked? I would. Even a year I would ago? imagine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have firsthand experience with that, but uh, <laughs> I mean the story about Jason, that flashback. <laughs> it's like he manhandles her I for a good I two, ima- three if minutes. If that happened to me, I wouldn't want to have sex ever. <laughs> quite honest and he wasn't even wearing a mask that's the worst masks save lives (laughs) it's true (laughs) it's true so one thing that's really bonkers with this movie is it's clear that they're short on time now i mentioned this comes out in 82 george that means that you've had three friday the 13th movies released in the span of about two and a half years (laughs) yeah so they're Mm. not wasting any time with rewrites or continuity or even no. you know take two in a lot of cases so yeah or just basic yeah continuity so yeah. you know there's some real questions that are never going to be answered unless they remake the whole series which you know i'm always down for a reboot of our favorite masked slasher but 
you know, the thing that gets me about this, like, rushed product, self-referencing, but not really homaging so much as just literally copying and pasting script to script. Mm. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that you can tell when they shot scene A, the plan was to have scene D. But then by the time they got the scene C, now they're just going to skip straight to scene F. So you've got these references like at the opening when Chris is not explicitly telling you that she was sexually assaulted by someone at this place that they're going. But she's heavily implying it, setting up the story later, the flashback. Mm -hmm. But then by the time they actually do the flashback, it's been so cut down from their original version Mm -hmm. that she's no longer detailing any rape. She leaves it all open. I'm fine Mm -hmm. with them leaving out the rape. I would be more fine with it if they just hadn't had that storyline at all. Right. It takes away from the Jason mythos by having him be just like that creepy guy that lives in the woods sometimes. Yeah. Like, what? It's inconsistent with the first two movies. For for something so simple, you know, copy and paste, copy and paste. Why do you try to add a new sexual deviant element to the Jason character? Well, maybe <sighs> someone read the read the books that you were referencing during Halloween where most serial, serial killers have a sexual like would you say there's they're, sperm on everything they're sperm on everything they're doing all this they're like maybe somebody don't let them yeah, see in the world on things. And it's like maybe they read stuff about that and they were trying to give jason this this second level you know what i, I thought it know. might be i th- i thought it might be because in the second movie he basically you know comes back to finish off you know the girl that survived hmm. right so i thought maybe that was like continuing the story of him coming back to get the girl that survived or the girl that got away or I I don't know. That's what I thought. But again, like like you said, Dan, not really essential. Well, you know, yeah. it, he's probably... Se- especially the sexual stuff, not essential. He's probably watching the news and he's saying, mm, it's 1982, they're about to enact a bunch of changes in the tax code, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble for my on-the-side... You know, uh, <laughs> barbecue restaurant or whatever he runs with all the dead people he owns. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to check off all the things on my bucket list in one really cool weekend and then get back to my normal life. In the Ozarks. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> keep in mind, so in the timeline, this movie takes place the day after Friday Part 2. And you have some plausible deniability, right? You could expand the timeline and maybe there's some fuzziness, except that there's the TV report that you hear when the store couple gets killed. And then Mm -hmm. you see the police responding to that murder the next day when the kids are driving. So it's just like, they've sure, just in case you had any doubts, this definitely takes place immediately following the last movie. And we don't know what happened to the shoulder injury. It's all gone. And it's good. Mm. I bet the, uh, his neck did look swollen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) His whole fucking body looks swollen. I guess I'll touch on something that, I think is good. Please about touch this on movie. it. Ooh, I'm gonna touch, please touch on this stuff. T- touch on this movie, this please. Good stuff. I kind of started talking about it. The the uh, brutal kills kind of set the uh, like we were talking about earlier the structure. It kind of became the thing in the Friday movie. You had it had to have cool kills. Like every mm-hmm. movie after this, kind of plays into that. Like they just try to figure out a different way to do a different kill and this and that. This movie does a lot of borrowing and does it terribly. But when he's actually, he's 
physically fighting someone like when he's beating up Ali the two times like it's it's pretty brutal it's almost hand to hand combat combat like they do have knives and that you know with the machete but there there's it's almost like he's bludgeoning which Jason really doesn't do in the future movies it's usually just a stab mm-hmm. or a you know a poke and then put him on the wall or whatever put him through a door but it's not like he's literally standing over someone and he's just bludgeoning which is almost like a Leatherface thing. It's not a Jason thing. You really mm-hmm. don't so see that again until like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, right? Like that level of brutality, yeah. the overkill, you really don't see it again. And I don't know if that's an MPAA thing or if it didn't test well with with their uh, their audiences or what, but yeah, he's he's broaching a subject in this movie. You you don't you're not going to see much of that from Mr. J going forward. Mm-mm. Like I wrote it down like Jason's savage. Like it, to me it was like and I was glad you showed me that that uh, Sundown movie because it kind of made me realize. Because I said to Dan, I was like, I was getting little references of Jalo, uh, which is funny. He says they're not there, but when I was watching it, a lot of the framing and the you know the just the legs going up the steps and just the coloring of the scenes, and it just it had that feel. So with the bludgeoning, I was just like it felt Jalo-esque too because those movies that we did, that I referenced, that I have been watching, they're pretty in-your-face brutal. I mean, it's not like they don't pull any punches. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, I felt was another saving grace for the movie. It, like when he was, when, when the first time he sees Ali in the barn, and I don't know how he survived. Maybe, Dan, you can explain this to me. Magic! Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they both had machetes. No, and he had a blood. It was like a he had like a stick. Jason had a stick and was bludgeoning Ali the first time. Okay, yeah, he didn't but get he a machete. He only had one mark later. on his head when he popped up later. I was like, magic. Well, that's because that's because Jason hit him in the exact same spot <laughs> each time. <laughs> I thought maybe he hit him with his left hand. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sure, but yeah, that and when he was uh, holding holding uh, Rick back, like the eyeball thing, I hated. But yeah, before that, I think the eyeball kind of ruined it. It definitely ruined it. But yeah, that shot like when he's holding when Chris comes out of the house mm-hmm. and she's looking for Rick. And I want to call him Paul because the last guy's name was Paul, and the guy that plays <laughs> Rick is named Paul. He just looks like a Paul. He also mm-hmm. looks forty. Yes, <laughs> it's really off-putting. It really looks like he left his actual family for the weekend on a business trip. And right. then went like, to meet his way too kids. young girlfriend <laughs> at the place that he felt her up last year. It's gross. I don't well, that like. That might it. explain why he just came out of nowhere. Maybe he, maybe she is his mistress. I don't know. But that's my Chris. Don't talk about my Chris. Sorry about Chris. But no, the yeah. part. Yeah. So <laughs> the part you're talking about, Chris comes out and to her, her left, our right in the frame, slightly behind the, the corner, you see Rick with his mouth covered, just getting yeah. held back and muzzled by Jason. That is a cool yeah. shot. That might be I love that. my favorite shot in the movie. And and then he throws him through the window and he does the iconic Jason walking through the window. Like there's just a lot of things that I, I I think I love because it was the first slasher like experience. So I like I understand why people don't like it. I complete when George was like, uh <laughs> I knew. So I was like, whatever. I I knew I knew it was I knew Dan didn't like it already so I I knew we were in for it yeah but to me there's just a lot of 
saving graces for this movie. My, Vis- visual. My wife, who didn't watch the movie, she only like overheard the dialogue of the movie. <laughs> when Travis walked in the door, she says, so was the movie as bad as it sounded? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, that's, that's it was. On, that's on yeah, point. I, I knew we were in for it. <laughs> George, are you aware of what a struggle these movies had with the MPAA? Have, uh, have we talked about that at all? Yeah, we've talked about it a, a little bit. I don't really even know what the MPAA is. It's, it's I'm the sure movie it's, police. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's basically the, I don't know, the people they, who 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 tell you what to say on TV. Same same thing. You can't say these certain words. Yeah. You can't show angry pickles. Like the FCC. That's the, yeah but exactly for movies, the FCC. Yeah. But non-governmental, as right. like a way for the the movie industry to kind rev- of continue to avoid actual government censorship, they self-censor. Which is good, I guess, That's to an extent. Kind of smart. Yeah, until they tell you to take all all the good stuff out. <laughs> wow. And then you're like, oh my god, what are we supposed to do? Which has happened many, many times. The crazy thing is, though, what they do is they, from what I understand, they view the entire movie. They don't view individual scenes. So if you have a scene that they deem too violent, they'll say, "Oh, you got to cut a little bit of this scene," but. It's not like they go back and check your work on that scene. Instead, mm-hmm. they screen the movie again and tell you, in the context of the whole movie, what else you need to cut or change. Mm-hmm. If you are a director who intends to avoid the wrath of the MPAA, a lot of times they'll overshoot violence and sex in movies mm-hmm. intentionally so that when like they Robocop. cut it down to what they actually mm-hmm. wanted to begin with, they get the R because, oh, thank goodness you cut that extra labia. You know, and it's like, I only wanted one labia in this movie, and I gave you two to start, you know. Right. Bucking the system. There's one movie, uh, Shadow Boxer, I I believe is the title. It came out in the early 2000s, and I saw an interview with the director where there's a a male member in that movie, and Mm. they filmed it in three different phases of anger. (laughs) Mm. And the original cut they screened was like the angriest of pickles. Right, and so then he he was bragging about how he got a pretty angry pickle into an R-rated movie <laughs> <laughs> because the original cut was so much angrier. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> people, you know, there, there's your, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> each side, guys. Both sides have a little bit of nudity in yeah. this show. This movie had no nudity, though. I mean, it had like a boob. Did it? It, you, yeah, I mean, there's like shower scene. Has the shower a scene bit has a little bit of boob. Oh, in sod, it. Yeah. yeah, like an Alfred Hitchcock level of boob, not a Friday the Thirteenth level of boob. It's not fair because this is like my favorite cast of girls, and get nothing. It's not fair. Nothing. Nothing. Nope. It's just strange in a, in a series that becomes kind of infamous for its its nudity and sex mixed with violence. This movie has a lot of violence. So, George, you mentioned earlier that we really aren't clear on whether the individual in the first movie really is Jason Voorhees who drowned in the lake or whether he's the, you know, angry former lover of Mrs. (laughs) Voorhees or maybe another son 
maybe she had more kids, it turns out, and she just forgot about them in some kind of schizophrenic rage, man. There's Who like knows? seven of her kids running around with masks on. That would be awesome. I mean, mm. maybe. <laughs> in this movie, they never called him Jason. In fact, this mm. is the only movie where there is no mention of the Jason lore at all. It's almost as if they forgot. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. did... Uh, well, there's no campfire talk, so they don't have... Like, that was the whole idea of part two, and even part one, is the the uh, urban legend, you know, the story you tell at the campfire, or, you know, the right. ghost story you tell. They don't even do that. Although she kind of tells the story, but doesn't know who he is, just a man in the woods, she says. And it has right. nothing so to like, do with any kind of legend. It's just basically right. she should be telling this to the county prosecutor's office, not to her friends. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I noticed that there was just zero mention of his name. That's at crazy. I I didn't even notice that. They never said they never said <laughs> never Jason at all. At all. Nobody even um, knew did, who he was, I, man. Yeah, I did notice that they, there was no Jason story or Jason mm-hmm. lore. That I, that I did notice, well, but. Did they even use I? If they did, it was ineffective because I don't remember it. Did they even use the like the kick kick him ma ma ma? Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. Uh, yes. It just fell on my deaf ears because I hate this movie. Yeah. In fact, I think they overused it. Man, they used it so much I didn't even hear it anymore. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. No. It seriously. White noise. Seriously, they they overused it. I do think it's interesting that he walks around without a mask so much, and you see his face. Hmm. That's just a weird choice for a slasher movie. You don't really see a maskless slasher who eventually wears a mask and isn't trying to hide. Like, if they were trying to blend into the group, right? If it was one of the group and we don't know who it is yet, then yeah, they right. wouldn't wear their mask most of the time. But you'd be guessing, right? There'd be your Jallo. But instead, right. we know it's him. It actually it, it kind of suffers from a little bit of Michael Myers influence. I think there's a right. lot more Halloween in this movie than there were in the first two. Uh, the They definitely give him a lot more personality. like, mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I liked this Jason when I was a kid was I was always the kid who didn't care about the people. I wanted to see the killer. I thought the, the character of the killer was way more interesting. So this Jason almost is comical. Not in not in the way that you guys think it is. Like to me, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like he shows her his face. Like that's right, it was me. Like to me, I thought that was kind of a funny thing. I mean, he's mm-hmm. taking that rope off. Is all it just happens to drag the mask up with it. He's not trying to toss. He her. smiles at her. He shoots he her does a little. Smile hey, how you like, doing? It's true. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's right, bitch. It was me. But that like, scene. To, how much is that like the scene in Halloween where the mask comes off incidentally? Right. You know, it's the same thing where he's in the laundry, just like in that awesome scene in Halloween. Scary statue Jason standing yeah. in the laundry at the beginning. That's not an accident. And then the knitting no, needle no. kill of the lady at the beginning. Knitting needle is back, guys. It's not just deep red in Halloween. Now it's Friday the 13th also. <laughs> and they kind of do a little bit of Halloween too. When in the beginning when he's following those two people around. Kind of like when he goes into the woman's, uh, I think in Halloween 2, when he goes in to get the knife, mm-hmm. like he goes in, the woman's watching a game show, and he's standing mm-hmm. in her kitchen, staring right at her, and she's just, it's right off of her shoulder. And I think they kind of do that homage a little bit, too, with, with Jason in the beginning. 
because he, he's walking around without a mask and he's very like, hey. Well, and how's for the first time, they're <laughs> trying to use Jason as a visible character. It's like, hey, yeah, you, we finally you got to see him an hour into part two, so you're used to him now. So now we're gonna try something different and make him Michael Myers now, and it just doesn't have the same impact. Well, if you think about it, they they spent almost two movies where he was the camera POV. Mm-hmm. So I think that this was that was his coming out party when he came out of that bed wearing a sack on his head. That was his coming out. Now they're like, okay, he's going to be an he's going to be a, a character. He's going to be a presence. He's yeah. not going to be. That's when he transitions from yeah, from the point of view killer to Michael Myers. It's just right. Michael Myers is way cooler and scarier than part three, Jason. Part four, Jason, <laughs> though. Mm-hmm. 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 I think what you're going to see, George, is that the stuff that we are complaining about, audiences at the time also complained about, and they rectify all of our issues in part four. I can't wait for part four. We should watch it right yeah. now. All right, let's do it. I'm going to go home and watch it. All right, no, he has it here. I mean, really, there's not much else to cover with this movie. The acting blows. Do you know why the acting is so bad, George? Why this is so much more like you guys would tell people that Clerks was, but you're wrong. Clerks is wonderful. But why it's so much more of Travis's interpretation of Clerks as opposed to Friday Part 2 or Friday Part 1 or Halloween, why it's so much worse? It's just campy and hokey. I don't know. There's three things. First of all, studio notes. You've got too mm-hmm. much, you have like too much homework to do in the span that they give the movie. And so they just cram it full of like good enough for government work, but not actually successful dialogue, character development, interactions mm-hmm. between characters. That's your first big strike. Mm-hmm. Second big strike, it's 3D. So everything costs a whole lot more to film. Like every minute of film costs significantly more because you're using more expensive cameras, more expensive crews, and every effect shot has to be perfect as far as like depth because if you Mm -hmm. do that wrong, you throw off the effect and you wasted all that money I just talked about for no reason other than just missing your mark with like the pole or the spider or the snake. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that, your margin for error just breaks wide open as the director. Because suddenly it's like you are a slave to the camera and to that effect. And if you got the effect right, that is a cut shot. Doesn't matter what they said. Doesn't matter what they looked like. Doesn't matter if they, you know, God, the the lady that gets hit in the face with the yo-yo and then delivers mm. a line of dialogue, that was close. Lady, that hit you in the <laughs> face. <laughs> I mean, she's still on the book. Right? Isn't that what you say, Travis? She's still on the book. Yeah, she's still on book. She hasn't it's even true. come off book yet. It hit she's her in reading, the face. She's reading those words. She's she's not being those words. But you don't get a second shot Definitely. with the yo-yo right. because you've already taken the time and you've already used that film and it's too expensive. Right. And then the third thing is the actors in this movie aren't very good. That's kind of a big one, but I try to underplay it because I can't act. So, you know. I try not to throw stones. I can, and I agree. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, the acting's bad. It's a perfect again, storm. Yeah. I I just, I think I've overlooked it because of the other reasons I've said. Um, if this was not my first Jason movie, I probably would not love it as much. But I do hate the same things you're talking about. Does that make sense? Hey, Trav. 
You know how you always talk about your dad? Yeah. I'm, I'm about to tell a story about my dad. Awesome. So my dad loves shows where the acting is terrible. Like Law and Order and like NCIS and stuff like yeah. that. All like and I'm talking about he's watched these kind of shows for years ever since I was a kid. I grew up with my mom whenever my dad was watching TV, she would walk past and say, "Oh no, he's getting away." <laughs> That's what ah. this movie. This is yeah. that's what the acting mm-hmm. reminded me of. It was my mom in the back of my brain going, "Oh no, he's getting away." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my dad watching like Matlock. Di- diagnosis murder with Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what kills me about this movie though, guys? What's that? Friday the 13th the game for the PlayStation, the new one. Mhm. Higgins Haven is my favorite level. That's based on this movie. The barn is just so much fun. I mean, you're in a barn and there's Jason and you got to run or he'll kill you. It's a fun, fun game. They have Fox, the the lady gangster biker lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's the best character in the game and I use her every time I play. But also Shelly's in there and the stoner guy and the... Rick equivalent, kind of. Uh, he's been tweaked a bit. But I mean, his, the spirit of Rick is alive and well in one of the guys. Mm. And the main <laughs> survivor girl, Chris, uh, her spirit and shirt are alive and well as well. I mean, there's so much of part three iconography in my game that when I looked at the movie today, certain scenes in the barn, uh, in the big main house and the spiral mm-hmm. staircase, like, I'm there, man. Like I want mm-hmm. it to be my movie because it's so much in that game that I play all the time. I I I can feel you. I just want it so bad. You're gonna love that yeah. game, Travis. You're gonna be like, why didn't I okay. play this for these last <laughs> three years? Because this game is everything I want. Well, now I understand why you guys are so silent. When I was like, oh, I want to go out to the set because it still exists, and you both both are like, yeah, no, uh-uh. no. But it, no, that that barn is iconic, even if it's for your game. It's yeah. very iconic. Barns are cool. And the fact that it's still standing there and you can see the holes in the the beams where the pitchfork went in, like all that stuff from the movie is there and it's still sitting there. One thing I want to bring you guys back to, when I was editing part one the other day, I kept thinking, man, we just wanted to see a little bit of Pamela mm-hmm. earlier in the movie. It would have saved the day. It would have fixed everything. We would have had the hint and we could have played along the whole time. Yep. And then I realized I saw them do that in an 80s slasher movie that I can't tell you the name of because it'll ruin it. And it felt <laughs> so cheap and it felt like it didn't help at all. They did exactly yeah. what we described doing with Mrs. Voorhees and it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all because you see her once and then she's gone and it's like, well, it has to be that lady we saw once <laughs> and now she's gone and then she pulls up and you're just like, God damn it, I did <laughs> It's her because I knew because she's the only one we never saw again. What was on your mind? You would have to have. No, I'm talking about unrelated to our conversation. I remember watching this 80s movie and just being like, man, I was totally underwhelmed. You need somebody to be either there the whole time or just screw it. We're cheating. Mm -hmm. What's Back to the Future? Yeah, it's just. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, I just thought you should know. Update like an Unsolved Mysteries update. Update. Right. Uh, Pamela Voorhees, you couldn't have fixed part one. It, the cheat worked no. better, and I'm glad they did it that way. Hmm. 
Yeah, I know. That's a yeah. I'll change my mind again. But right now, <laughs> having thought of that one particular movie that did exactly the thing I thought would fix part one, it doesn't fix it. It makes it worse. I mentioned uh, the flashback in the movie. What uh, wh- how many of those were there? <laughs> how many flashbacks? What? Yeah, there's two. There's the one they wrote, and then the one they shot. Oh right. So in the process, getting to the point that they were going to shoot it, they were like, "Ugh, nobody wants to think about this." So it's just a lot of grabbing. Yeah. Well, I don't think that I don't know that they were actually gonna show. Oh, I hadn't even thought that they might show it. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Ugh. I I always thought that flashback was again as a twelve year old watching. I thought it was kind of cool to see that happening which part be specific like just the, the she describes a man in the woods just kind of stumbling upon like there was no connection between the two of them so in my mind i'm thinking oh well what was he doing what, what was he on his way back from hit part two events like what what was going on and then she kind of like he stumbled upon her and then just tried to tried to get her i didn't i never even made the connection that her story involved any kind of sexual assault. It was just like to me, it was just like a when you were a kid, you didn't realize. Well, it. yeah, like that that never really popped in, in into it. It never registered that what she was talking about because I was so into the visual of what was going on that yeah. I knew she was telling a story, but I never really paid attention to the details of her story. I was just kind of looking. Can I see his face? Mm. You know, trying to see his face because at that point you'd only seen him in shadows and and didn't. They didn't really uh, cover his face in the, in the flashback. Sometimes so they make the right choice, even in a bad movie. And I'd say that <laughs> that whole scene was the right choice. If we had to go there, I'm glad they went there in the way they did. Because I hadn't right. even considered that they might have tried to shoot some... Ugh, gross. Ugh. Jason should not be sexual. Like, I know no, a lot of no. these slasher movies have, like, especially the you know the stuff coming out of the psycho chain where you've got this like ham fisted handling of different kinds of, you know, alternative sexualities and identities. Sometimes they do try to pin, especially in the early eighties, really gross attempts to like justify the behavior of these slashers for sexual or other reasons. Not at all based on the works of like John Douglas, but just based on, Hey, I'm, closed-minded and gross and here's a way i'm gonna explain away all the mm-hmm. killing right like ugh. Ugh. yeah but I mean, I mean jason and michael are pretty much like children in the bodies of an adult so that whole aspect kind of is strange to me because i know when i was six or seven or eight i wasn't thinking about any of that and that's basically what they are i mean myers is like a seven-year-old and maybe that's why Jason's they're so successful close. because they do by their very nature, both Michael and Jason present themselves as physical, non-sexual threats. And so you right. can watch it with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your older son, your parents, if they're around. Like, you know, and it's just, it's a, it's a, it's the movie equivalent of like a, a thrill ride at a theme park yeah. where it's exciting it's and like gross and scary. But there's no weird like, oh, dad, let me explain to you this deviant sexual personality. <laughs> right, I don't know that right, you're right. up to speed on your terminology. Like, 
which pops up uh, in like a Silence of the Lambs where it's kind of uncomfortable. Like you want to watch that with people, but then there's like subject matter. You're like, okay, I got to explain this to my kid why this guy is tucking and and wearing women's clothes. Like it was, it's just a lot of heavy material. I think you to mean have to sit wearing explain. wearing women women clothes <laughs> wearing women. Well, no, he's wearing a he's wearing like a kimono robe. Like there, there's it's just hey, I, there's I a lot of trans. Homer Simpson showed me that kimonos are unisex. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, huh. man. Homer Shoot. Simpson teaches us everything. But yeah. But that I mean that's kind of the undertone of that character is he's a transvestite, but instead of dressing in their clothes, he dresses in their skin. But he's so, he's but not a transvestite, Travis. A he, they explain very precisely, which I think they should get more accolades than they do. Hannibal Lecter explains that he is not a transsexual, not, but he right. thinks he is, and he's doing everything he can to achieve a goal that he really isn't. It's like not he's never going to achieve. Yeah. Right. Whoa, man. That's like for for 1992 Whoa. or whatever. That's really well handled. You could mm-hmm. probably still do that today and not have it too scoffed at. No, it's uh, pretty much a perfect movie. Yeah, it's it's less of a stretch to talk about John Douglas when you're watching a movie that features a character based on John Douglas. So yeah, mm. let's do that. Yeah. I'm I'm on board. Now, one thing that we haven't touched on yet that I really wanted to talk about the transition of Jason Voorhees from stalking point of view camera michael myers build backwoods axe guy with a silly bag on his head and a pickaxe for you know town the dreaded sundown type reasons transitioning from that to the jason of this movie who is in very different terms the jason of this movie who has gone from stealthy and Sleek, I think, as we described Michael Myers, mm-hmm. yeah, into something more akin to the Frankenstein, the thing from outer space, lumbering pro wrestler kind of body type. Big change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they changed the actor, which always does that. Yeah, but this was an intentional thing. I mean, they made him a yeah. powerhouse. Like that was a decision, mm-hmm. probably from the studio, to make right. him more like a yeah. Frankenstein type. Although he was still fast. In this movie, he I did mean, have the lumbering, like when he's kind of, when he finally gets the mask and he shoots Vera in the eye and then he kind of tor- turns towards the house and he starts kind of slowly kind of strolling towards the house. Yeah, I mean, he but, wasn't like Dan Marino slow. Right. But he was no Steve Young, you know. He was he was still pretty dang slow. I, I just, his I'd say he's the thing from outer space, Bursts right? of energy. <laughs> the thing from another world, whatever the actual yeah. original thing. I mean, that that yeah. is, when I watch that movie, I see Jason Part 3. Right. Lumbering, large, big, but kind of escapable. More so right. than even the original Michael or the first Jason. I see that. I, I think there was a good balance of him, because I kind of noticed that. I was like, that this, like when he's chasing Chris through the woods, like he's running. He's not Leatherface running, where he's just gaining the train and stand by me. But he definitely was not the walk slow George P. Wilbur, Michael Myers from like Halloween Four, where I'm just gonna <laughs> walk for <laughs> two steps an hour and I'll catch you. I'll be at that corner when you turn. 
Don't worry about it. That Michael Myers is just so good at geometry. Yes. He gets that <laughs> angle and he just sticks to it, man. And geography. He, he never had the run because he had the uh, he had the uh, you know the angles. He knew how yeah. to cut through yards and get there before you did. No, it's it's because he had maps. He had maps on he, the back of lobby cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he listened to our podcast. He thought, you know what I'm going to need if I'm going to catch this bitch? Maps. Maps. Yep. Michael Geography Myers with a road everything. atlas. <laughs> well, now he's got GPS. But I'm just saying. He's definitely fast. Can we can we talk about the lady that jumps out of the lake? No. Just a, just a minute. No, it's terrible. Yeah, okay. Terrible. Let's go for it. So the but movie did they wraps get you? up the movie no. wraps up with a a wonderful uh homage to <laughs> the first homage. movie, I guess. Terrible. I guess. That was completely terrible. uncalled for. The first movie, it's like it's like raw. Yeah, it it's gets like, you. Boom. It happens. But you were and expecting it's, it. And it's quick. Yeah. And in this one, you know, I'm expecting it. Obviously, because I'm. If anything, if there's anything this movie taught me, it was to expect everything that, <laughs> um, you know. But when it happens, it's like slow. Yeah, and slow motion. They show you the face with the worms. Mm-hmm. You gotta see that worm out of wiggling, it. man. You gotta see well, that wiggling like worm. Da- <laughs> it was damn near slow mo. Like what? The it f- was slow mo. That yeah. what the fuck? Well, I mean, that's not, (laughs) let me get, I got John here from the studio. Uh, Let me have him come (laughs) over and talk. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, What we're going to do with the ending of part three, we're going to do the ending of part two, where you have Jason behind glass, but then when you think he's going to bust through the glass, like in part two, we're going to do the part one, but instead of being Jason, that's going to be his mom, and she glued her head back on. It's going to be great. Great. He sounds a lot like Dan. Hey, <laughs> guys, uh, John was just, he, he wanted to say thanks, but he had to go. John Was that John Carpenter, John, the John uh, forgot stunt to coordinator? Mention, John forgot to mention the worms. <laughs> well, he had to get back oh, to being the captain of uh, transportation. Uh, that was John <laughs> No H. Carpenter who was in here. That's See, a when you make the worm name. out of silicone, it makes them wobble. <laughs> <laughs> you glue them in place and they My wobble. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that was terrible. It's a stupid, and it's it's just, and then, it's but I mean, they do save it because then they show you his dead body in the barn, which reestablishes mm-hmm. reality, and mm-hmm. then you get the Oscar clip from Dana Kimmel in the back of the car. Oh, the screaming and the giggling and the laughing and but the see, screaming. But see, that's before the, they show the body. Oh, is it? So yeah, they show that right before the body. So I I think they should just skip the jump scare. It, it's already trope and we're only three movies in and just show her less acting that way getting put in the van and then show that because that that is a cool ending to have his body still laying there I agree. oh it's an excellent was, ending it really does just yeah. it's what you need after all the bs from the crazy shoulder injury that may not have even been the same guy like if that last guy was like Mason Voorhees or Justin Voorhees, whatever <laughs> part two was. Justin. This is his other brother, you know? Right. Taller Justin, taller Mason. How, like, how, how cool would it be if they did like a Spider-Verse type <laughs> Friday the 13th where there's six Jasons? 
from every movie. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. And none of them are actually Jason because the actual Jason is just at the bottom of Crystal Lake, and that's right. It. And then at the end, he comes out, and he just rises really, really fast. <laughs> he, he rises up and he lifts his mask, and for the first time in a movie, barring a couple of other things, he's gonna say his first words. And what does he say, say Travis? <laughs> cha cha cha. I am. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> that that would be cool. <laughs> and scene. I thought you were gonna say he's gonna pull his mask off, and it was like Steve Urkel or something. Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> oh, that would be better. What if it was just that you know, it, all these things that are going on are all of Jason's brothers. And they actually find... They're like the Jackson 5. (laughs) (laughs) They actually find... The Jason 5. There you go. The Jason 5. They actually find the real Jason. And, like, they just find his body at the bottom of the lake. And they give it a proper burial. Which ends ends it all. Yep. That's it. Well, you know. We can't write every movie. See, I think it would be cool if they gave the backstory. Like, what would be a good way... To explain how this is happening. How, how do you explain a kid who drowned is now a 30-year-old man walking around? Scientifically, how do you explain that? And then doesn't doesn't die when you put Ex- a machete in his Exactly how, he, how we just explained it. What I'm saying is how, how that's all explainable. I like that. How do you explain his ability to take a fucking beating with, you know, Cars hitting his, hitting him, machetes in the head, magic, uh, or a- axes in the head. No, I mean no, you have to that... clean it up. If you're gonna take the effort to explain why your psycho murdering killer is alive, you're also gonna have to put some effort into how he doesn't keep dying. We've been talking about this terrible movie for like an hour and a half. So guys, did you notice when you were watching Friday the Thirteenth Part Three that it's essentially just whirlpool? Bay of Blood and Psycho. Uh, didn't see Whirlpool, so yeah, I didn't see Whirlpool. <laughs> I'm just kidding about all that. I had to hit my quota <laughs> for Laura's references, and th- and there it was. <laughs> Lou Rawls. Yeah, Did you say Lou Rawls. <laughs> Lou Rawls. That, yeah, that's him. That we guy. ran him out of town years ago. <laughs> he kept pointing his finger at me. <laughs> <laughs> he's p- he's putting his finger places it shouldn't be. You know what I mean. He's poking the bear. I did not touch Lou Rawls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so we've come to that part of the show where on these fall break episodes, I'm trying to put into context what you are seeing, uh, where it comes from, where it's going, that kind of thing. Now, this movie does have a pretty steady helping of your Bay of Blood and your Whirlpool, which you haven't seen yet, but I'm, I'm going to send that to you here pretty soon probably for a little christmas present for y'all uh but did you notice guys after we watched bay of blood in clips last week the scene where she stabs that dude through the door gets echoed here where she stabs jason's hand through the door and then in the knee Mm -hmm. oh yeah straight out of bay of blood i mean i mean it's not straight out of bay of blood but like it's kind of bay of blood yeah (laughs) kind of and then there's some stuff with the Chris's flashback that is very similar to Whirlpool. You guys are just going to have to wait and see on that one. But trust me, 
Yeah. It's probably not. That one's not intentional so much. It's just uh, probably coincidence. But you never know. Mm-hmm. Word. But there is one movie I want to bring to your attention that you've probably never heard of because it's not worth knowing about, except for this little bit of trivia. Have you ever heard of a movie called The Act of Vengeance from 1974? Yes. yes. No. <laughs> I didn't. I was even excited. I thought I knew what you were talking no, about. No, I didn't even. No. No, I didn't. Shit. Damn. Nice. I thought for a second that you actually did know it. It's acting. I did. He's an actor. I didn't Think. believe him. He's an actor. <laughs> you didn't believe me. I That's didn't believe I didn't try. I didn't this try. This movie. I believed him. I didn't know my motivation. Act, <laughs> Act of Vengeance <laughs> is not a good movie. Uh, uh, don't watch it. It sucks. The trailer gives you a pretty good indication that it sucks, but I can confirm that it sucks. It's not worth watching. But you said Act of Vengeance? Act of Vengeance from 1974. I'm going to send you guys a screenshot straight off the IMDb. Sounds like a Bruce Willis uh, movie. Give that sucker a click and tell me if you recognize any familiar characteristics. Or Oh, my God. Is this a Fortnite? What is this? Oh my god! <laughs> I have that mask. So what? What I sent you was a screenshot of a man in a hockey mask wearing coveralls, just essentially mm-hmm. a palette swap of the Jason we just saw. Yeah. 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 So there you go. <laughs> 1974, <laughs> crappy American movie called Act of Vengeance had a hockey masked guy in coveralls. Uh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> is he ruining all He's of your uh, movies for you, Trav? The alternate title for Active Vengeance was The Rape Squad. <laughs> Jason Voorhees. It's with a what? The, what is it? It was called The Rape Squad. Okay. And nice. so when you talk about all these Chris flashbacks that may or may not have involved sexual assault, I can't help but think, oh, God, they even stole the notes from the shitty movie from the 70s. But who knows, wow, man? I mean, if did. it could be the thing with the Michael Myers mask where they got three masks and they just said, okay, the hockey mask is scarier. Or I like the way it looks better, so let's just go hockey mask. Like, it was a different the time. S- the story is it was in the the uh, production uh, director's car, whatever. He plays hockey or he had a 70s version hockey mask or 80s, late 70s, and they were just like, let's try it. And it worked. But now I'm looking at this and I'm calling bullshit. Because, I mean, again, they never took mm. any kind of, you know, they they never admitted anything was ever taken from Bay of Blood in the first two. And, I mean, it's clear that they were stealing from Bay of Blood. So it wouldn't surprise me at I all mean, if they were just like, oh, hey, uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown was great. What else creepy 70s movies can we grab? Oh, hey, there's a guy in a hockey mask and coveralls. Shit, <laughs> in man, Jason's defense... He never wears coveralls. What's he wearing in this he's, movie? The, the he's green-ish. always wearing a pair of like, like not khaki pants, but they're khaki color. They're probably you know work pants, and a green button-down shirt that's not tucked in. Well, there you go. So it's Myers not, wears the coveralls. There but you go. Jason never wears coveralls. Is always shirt and pants. In my head, he's wearing green coveralls, but I think yeah, it's because I didn't pay that good of attention today. Now, do you recall, Travis, the NES Jason game? Yes, that's what this looks like. Do you remember when Jason was purple in the Jason game? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you ever find out amazing. why they made him purple of all the colors they could have made him? I can't remember. 
I know it has something to do with the RGB or whatever. The, no. The, no? No. Palette. You assume because NES games have a very limited palette. You can only have like yeah. so many colors on the screen at one time, so you have to select from it. No. They actually went out of their way to make him Purple Jason. Why? I'm going to send you a picture. Prepare to be <laughs> dazzled. This one's not going to ruin it for you. This is just explanatory okay. power. This is the cover that they used on Japanese uh, lobby cards. Yes. Here come, I have this. Here come the lobby cards again. And then, of course, yes, it appeared on the cover of the soundtrack, which is probably where you have it. I Let's all go to the lobby cards. <laughs> Let's get lobby I have this image cards. from some kind of um, v- VHS like video store advertisement. This hockey mask is frowning. And he's purple. And so based on this image, they were like, oh, hey, this guy must be purple. Let's make him purple. Wait, oh. really? Oh, because I guess this the game was designed in Japan. Right, is what you're telling me. That. So if you if, gotcha. if you were looking at Japanese marketing materials, this is one of the primary images they were using at the time. And so uh, the developers were like, "Oh, hey, he's got a purple mask. All right, let's make him purple and kill stuff. Isn't that fun? That is fun. There's no malice there. There's no stealing. There's no secrets. There's no plagiarism or Mr. Bean copying the notes of the person next to him. No." That's Finally. Just, there you go. Hmm. One of the reasons I don't have a whole lot of background for this episode is part three doesn't really break any new ground. Like, it's just, what did we already do? Let's do it again, but this time it's going to suck mm. more. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not, I mean, you can look at the thing if you've ever seen that thing, uh, that scene from the thing from another world where they're about to electrify him and he's kind of slow mm-hmm. walking his way in. That's a lot of the body language of this, Jason. Right. You could go look at Frankenstein and just be like, hey, let me look at Frankenstein walk. Now let me look at Jason walk. Yeah, man, they're big and hefty. But, I mean, as far as like actual background, you've seen Psycho, Halloween, Friday Part 1, Friday Part 2. That covers it. That's all that's in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Again, probably because of the suits. What works, works. They don't want to try anything, no. One other cool thing, though. Purple Jason from the NES game. Uh, lives on in the PlayStation game as a skin. Really? I'm going to send you a picture of it because I think it's adorable. Well, they That's put cool. him out as an action figure. Yeah, recently. the NECA the N- did that. The San Diego Comic-Con. It was tempting. I exclusive. almost eBayed one. Yeah, oh wow, look at that. Check out those graphics, man. You guys are going to love it when I finally get you in there. Wow. After part seven, we're getting on the game. I like it. The music changes too. Instead of being like the Friday Three score, it's like this He's NES inspired like dee, 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 kind of score. You know, my doctor, I could take care of that hump. <laughs> <laughs> what hump? What hump? What hump? <laughs> Wasn't the hump on the other <laughs> shoulder? <laughs> what hump? Ugh. Wolf this way. <laughs> there, <Yeah>. wolf. <laughs> there, castle. Why are you talking that way? I don't know. Thought you wanted to. Whatever, I'm easy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Let's wrap this up. We're on to Greener Pastures. Friday the 13th, part four coming up. George, you're in for a treat. Thank you for sitting through Friday part three. It was, you know, it was the green beans uh, straight out of the can of this meal. It may not be the best part of this meal, but there were some vitamins in there that'll help fortify you against the coming plague. So, word. 
Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us on social media at, at Remedial Film Pod. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. And of course, you can email us at remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next week for Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter? <laughs>